MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah, yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Welcome in. We are live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. And every Thursday in this hour, Brad Powers is kind enough to wake up early with us here in Las Vegas and join us. He's a professional sports better. He is a dynamite on college football. You can follow him on Twitter. He's at Brad Power 7. The website is bradpowersports.com. Good morning, Brad. How are you today? Excellent. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, yes, great to talk to you as always. I can't wait. I've actually been waiting like since the, the release of this game and the number on Sunday. I'm like, huh, I wonder which, which way Brad's going to go on this. Because just based on your tweets, I think I knew the entire week. But, and I saw your spot with Tim Murray earlier this week here on VEASAN. Uh, you love USC against Notre Dame this week. Uh, I can't wait for the audience to hear your explanation. Tell us why you like them. Well, I mean, obviously USC hasn't looked apart the last few weeks. So, I mean, there's a little bit of trepidation, especially on their defensive side of the ball. But I just think this USC team's been playing possum uh, a little bit this season, a little bit bored. This is their first major uh, game uh, against a ranked opponent. Obviously, they're arch, one of their arch rivals. So I just think they have an extra gear. Meanwhile, Notre Dame is running on empty. Why eight straight weeks playing? I mean, going back to week zero in another continent against Navy and then four straight games against ranked opponents. I mean, you can start to see it. Uh, the, the, there's lapses, especially in their game against Louisville, that you just didn't see. Sam Hartman threw interceptions. Well, why? Well, I mean, if you're mentally tired, sometimes you make mistakes like that. Uh, defense gave up a couple of explosives. They haven't really been giving up explosives this year. So uh, I just think, you know, the last team you want to play when you have tired legs and you're running on empty is probably USC. They'd certainly make the top five. So uh, I know Notre Dame, you know, people are going to say that Notre Dame is going to win the line of scrimmage. I heard that same handicap last year. Go, go, go watch that USC-Notre Dame game. USC controlled the line of scrimmage. I think USC's got the better coaching staff. Uh, I like USC here plus the points. I think they went outright, maybe comfortably. Okay, so have you, you've bet it every which way but loose, and I'm guessing everything you just said. Yeah. And I noticed that earlier in the week as well. You, you mentioned like laying out numbers here. Like how, how many bets do you have on the game and like how many points are you willing to lay with uh, USC? Uh, yeah, I got four bets on it right now. Uh, the, you know, multiple at three, multiple at two and a half, and one at uh, two. I think is so five bets right now. Uh, I'll see money lines. Usually, I bet on game day because they get a little wonky at a few places. Maybe even South Point usually is a good one to bet money lines. It's just they're off market, so I'll wait for that. And then you know, with it being a big game, you also have to wait for the alternative market. So I'm willing to lay you know up to nine and a half on USC. I could see them winning by ten. All right. How about Oregon State and UCLA? DJ's been great so far. Uh, a great performance against Cal. They could be a dark horse here in the Pac-12. UCLA off the the defense has been solid all season. Uh, what they did against Ward at home and getting the win. What do you think of the Beavers? 
Yeah, I mean, th- th- there was some still some questions about UCLA's defense last week and heading in the Washington State game because they really hadn't played an offense. And then you know, last week they did their job. I mean, it really limited Washington State to 10 points. I mean, well, one of those scores was a pick six by Washington State's defense. So UCLA's defense still looks the part. I'm here to tell you, though, they're still going to face their best offense in this game uh, as far as a run-pass combination. Keep in mind, Utah couldn't throw with a backup quarterback. Washington State last week couldn't run. Now you get Oregon State, very versatile offense. You got DJU off probably the best game of his career. Yep. Uh, if you don't believe me and the eye test, QBR says it was the best game of his career, even going back to the Clemson days. And then you got a powerful running attack. So I actually like Oregon State in this matchup because I think their offense will have success against what I perceive to still be an overrated UCLA defense. And most importantly, why I like Oregon State here is I'm not buying Dante Moore yet, uh, the UCLA freshman quarterback. Even last week, didn't look the part. And UCLA won in spite of Dante Moore last week, not because of Dante Moore. So on the road, similar to Utah, uh, and and the difference being uh, Oregon State's offense got a little bit more punch than Utah's offense did. Yeah, we were just kicking this around in the previous segment, and people have been reaching out to us asking, hey, maybe UCLA were the flyer to win the Pac-12. And some of that was based on more actually getting better. But you're not seeing signs of that. And you're basically saying, do not bet UCLA to win the Pac-12. No, I still got him fifth in the hierarchy of a power ratings. And then, you know, we'll see what Utah ends up doing. Uh, maybe even six. So, no, I'm not taking a flyer. Obviously, you got Oregon, Washington would be the top two teams. Uh, USC would be third right now. I mean, obviously, USC is very beatable if they're going to continue to play defense like that. And then fourth would probably be Oregon State at this point, uh, the team that UCLA is going to lose to this week. And then Utah's already got a tiebreaker against UCLA. So where's the pathway? I know they got an easy path, maybe, but they're getting their second conference loss uh, this weekend, in my opinion. Utah still goes to USC. They play Oregon and Washington. What do you hear? This is very important. What are you hearing on Cam Rising? Well, I heard this a few weeks ago and nothing official, but I trust the sources is uh, <laughs> the, the team's not necessarily pleased with, with Cam Rising. It's more of a doctor's and parents situation that they are advising Cam Rising not to play off multiple uh, knee injuries. It was a more significant knee injury than, than maybe first reported, but uh, they're thinking NFL draft in his future, not necessarily what's in the team's best needs for 2023. So I wouldn't be a bit surprised. You don't see Cam Rising maybe even this year. Whew. That's enormous. I, like, where, where where is he actually in in like uh, the draft stock right now? Is he even like a second round pick, third round no. pick? No, hell no, late round pick. I was going to say, I'm yeah, not, I can't even imagine. In this him. year's quarterback class, he's getting bad advice. I'll put it that way. Yeah, okay. All right, staying in that conference, then your big boy, uh, Oregon, playing on the road against Washington. Can't wait. I'll be at this game, Brad. Huskies lane three it was back down to two and a half early, early in the week. Uh, back up to three. Have you been involved yet? Wow, I'm kind of jealous. What a, what, what a place to watch a ball game, especially a game of this magnitude. So uh, kudos to you. Uh, I'm on the Washington side. I'm obviously concerned about the Washington defense because that is the, the most concerning unit of the four. If you're looking at both teams' offenses, both teams' defenses. With that being said, I think I got the better quarterback in Penix. I think I got the better head coach. Kalen DeBoer, I think, is elite as far as a head coach goes. And I'm playing at home. Uh, so, yeah, I did bet Washington, minus two on an early number. Uh, right now, with it back up to three, let's go ahead and uh, take money line uh, Washington in this one. With the with the, with the playoff type atmosphere, how about a total though? I mean, it's almost seventy with the total. I mean, the, the offenses are so super efficient. Uh, to, I haven't gotten involved in the total, but I will say from a tempo aspect, neither one of these teams runs extremely high tempo. Uh-huh. It's just that they're so damn efficient. So uh, we'll see how high it goes. I mean, over is going to be a very popular play uh, on game day with the public. Uh, if it gets a, li- a little higher, I could talk myself into betting maybe an under here. Let's follow the money here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Uh, professional sports better Brad Powers, our guest. I don't mean to put you on the spot here. I don't know if you have the numbers in front of you or not, but when Washington, and this is sight unseen, obviously, against Oregon this week, but when Washington plays at, at USC in early November, what, what would you ballpark that points per day as of right now? Uh, close to pick. Washington's okay. better uh, on a neutral. You give a little bit, you know, a couple points uh, of home field for USC. So right around pick. Okay. That seems about fair, doesn't okay. it? Yeah. yeah. All right. Sounds good. Uh, how about how about I don't know how you handicapped this one, but certainly your numbers pointed you in the direction of North Carolina. Oh. How, what do you do with Miami now after that? I mean, Lombardi who never really gets into this territory, but our very own Michael Lombardi tweeted. He thinks Cristobal could lose the locker room. That was so bad. You make the game six and a half. What do you think? North Carolina, Miami. 
I bet North Carolina, obviously, just from a pure power ratings perspective as far as the overlay there. I think North Carolina has been pretty legit this year, uh, very balanced. Uh, they, they get a key weapon back in, in Tez Walker, obviously a wide receiver. He opens up the other guys at wide receiver for them. We saw it in last week's game. Defense has been much improved. We'll see how improved, though. I mean, they're stepping up in class, North Carolina's defense against this Miami offense. But uh, that's that's just talking pure power ranks, not even talking the handicap on the other side. I mean, I, I'm going to be pessimistic. It's either a non-factor or it is a factor in the negative side as far as uh, what happened in the final minute last week with Miami and Georgia Tech. So uh, I, I tend to be a little bit more pessimistic than most. So I, I do question it. All you had to do was read the lips uh, on their starting offensive lineman. You know, at the end, like asking, what are we doing here? So I think you can lose a locker room. So I think if if you want Miami, it's very important to get off to, to a hot start there. Crowd will be into it on a Saturday night, one of the bigger home games that North Carolina's had in recent memory. Uh, I, I have concerns. I also have concerns. Tyler Van Dyke played a horrific game yeah. last week. It wasn't, you know, three interceptions wasn't because of tip passes or pressure in his face. They were horrific decisions. So I wonder if we're starting to get a little bit more Tyler Van Dyke from last year mm-hmm. and not what we've seen earlier this year. And well, let's face it. I know Miami has a good data point against Texas A&M, but I mean, a lot of their their numbers that look really good statistically are against who? Bethune, Cookman, Temple, Miami, Ohio. Come on. You know, I was uh, watching a lot of that film breakdown of what happened there at the very end, and the people who really dissected this, they noticed, I believe it was the offensive line coach who walked over to Crystal Ball. And That's who he, it was. And yeah, Dawson, the OC. Tw- twice. And yep. he said, um, we might want to take a knee. And they completely ignored him both times. I, I can't believe that that happened, but I'll tell you, as egregious as that was, was the defensive performance going right down the field. Georgia Tech hadn't done anything all game. It was basically they scored off of Miami five turnovers uh, in that one, but for them to go to length of the field was just as egregious, uh, in my opinion. Do you think? And I asked this to Paulie again in the previous hour. I mean, there is a path here. It's probably not going to happen, but three teams in the ACC could be 12 and 0. They don't play each other. If North Carolina were to run the table and then win the ACC title game, that's enough you think to be a playoff team? North Carolina, yeah, any team that runs the table in a Power 5 is going to the playoff. That's what I kind of think too, right? Because these other teams are going to yeah. have one loss. I mean, they'll have wins over Miami, Clemson they play. They'll play Florida State maybe yeah. in an ACC championship game. Certainly. Not only top four, but I mean, there's a chance they could be in the top two, depending on what happens in the other conferences. Yeah, they'll have that resume. And oh, by the way, they'll have a guy who's in the conversation for the number one pick in the draft. I don't think they can ignore that. No, not not at all. Well, when you got a guy like Drake May, they're not going undefeated, though. No, so, I don't. So. I, I know. I, know. I, I, I wish they would, because, I mean, I got some North Carolina tickets, but uh, hmm. I, I I think winning 10 games would be a hell of an accomplishment yeah. for the Tar Heels. Brad, it's always a fun conversation this time of year. And that's what makes, you know, part of the sport so much fun. Yeah, we're going to continue here. One more segment with Brad Powers. More of his uh, bets. We'll find out if, uh, if anything is worth betting tonight. Does Fresno bounce back tomorrow night? And does UNLV, they're laying a huge number now in a rivalry spot. Do they remain unblemished ATS? We'll ask him next here on VEASAN. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people. 
in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hormozzi, Layla Hormozzi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, a sports betting analytics platform for parlays, props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Stop betting in the dark. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code WINNER winner to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. On every Thursday during the football season, Brad Powers, our guest, Brad Powers 7 on Twitter, Brad Powers Sports. Dot com. How about the bounce back ball with Missouri against Kentucky in a rough week for Stoops asking for money? Uh, you make $8 million a year. Calm down. Blown out against Georgia in the tough beat uh, with Missouri getting six against LSU when they blow the lead. 5-1 uh, and one against 5-1. and one. Do you like anything in this game? I mean, I bet Kentucky, uh, not one of my favorite bets of the week. I just made the, the line three. Obviously, we're under three here. You know, Missouri went all in on that performance, came up short. Uh, I think it's sometimes it's easier to get blown out via how Kentucky did against Georgia. They, they were humbled immediately than it is to play a full 60 minute effort and come up short. So I kind of trust Kentucky a little bit more in this spot, and, and especially meat and potatoes. I mean, I, I think they get that ground game going with Davis. So uh, Kentucky minus the points. Overall, okay. would you call Kentucky a, a good football team this year? Uh, I don't know. To be determined, I, I need this data point this week. Because, I mean, honestly, the first four weeks of the season wasn't overly impressed. Then they go out and smash Florida uh, and, you know, win the line of scrimmage there. And then last week they were kind of exposed. So I really need this data point this week to, to, to tell you how good they are or, or, or they're not good. Okay. How about A&M and Tennessee? I like Tennessee, home favorite here. Uh, you know, situationally, it's one of my favorite spots of the week. I mean, uh, A&M. Kind of beaten up a little bit after a very physical game against Alabama, a game that they honestly a little bit better coaching on the defense side of the ball probably should have won that game. Uh, their coaching leaves a lot to be desired on both sides of the ball. Tennessee fresh off a bye. They get a key player back on the offensive line at center. Uh, I don't, man, Joe Milton scares the uh, a lot out of me, so I'm hoping Tennessee's rush attack, they don't have to rely on him too much here. Tennessee's rush attack, uh, the running backs have been impressive. I think they, they have some success, and I honestly think Tennessee's defense will be able to get some pressure on Max Johnson, maybe force some, some more turnovers. He's he's a turnover waiting to happen, and certainly a big downgrade. I think more of a downgrade than what we anticipated from, from Connor Wegman on the AM side, so Tennessee for me. Brad, staying in that conference with uh, the SEC, LSU, they're playing overs like, uh, I mean, it's the, two, mm. the early 2000 range here uh the defense is absolutely terrible but it's a high total here against Auburn who's you know they struggle offensively in the low 60s looking at 61 uh is it going to happen again you think I haven't bet it yet I mean I could certainly see this one being the the, the streak stopper here just the way Auburn plays uh just don't, they don't have much success offensively uh I'm wondering if LSU kind of out of gas even a little bit offensively are they going to continue to run as much tempo so I'm not wild about the over this week, but but I'm not recommending an underplay. I mean, because not only are they perfect to, towards the over, I mean, we're talking about significant margin, 17 points per game on average. Every single game flies over the total. So <laughs> I'm not sitting here saying the under is value. What, what I would bet here, I'm going to take the points with Auburn. Again, another team like LSU, 
that's playing seven straight weeks. Go look the, mm. through their last four weeks. All very close games to the wire. How much they got in the tank? Auburn fresh off a bye. Uh, a big game in the Big Ten West. Iowa and Wisconsin. You don't think it's a significant downgrade losing McNamara, but we know with Ferentz, I mean, this Iowa offense, PU. But Wisconsin, I mean, they go to Washington State and, and get beat by nine. They get all the, what was it, six turnovers in the Georgia Southern yep. game at home and struggle to cover. And then they've had problems against the you know, Rutgers and other teams as well. I thought they'd be much better on offense. How about Wisconsin laying 10 at home? Can't re- I did buy Wisconsin earlier this week. Can't recommend it right now. 10 with a total of 34. Uh, oh. I'm actually, honestly, I think that the bet that I'll end up making, believe it or not, as we get closer to game time, we're going to see this weather situation because, man, people are really betting the unders as far as these weather totals in yep. the Midwest. Like uh-huh. they for sure know the exact forecast of the game. Uh, I wouldn't be a bit surprised with turnovers. Wisconsin's had trouble with turnovers. Iowa can force them. Uh, Iowa's going to have trouble with turnovers with the quarterback. Uh, You need a lot to go under the total here, so I'm going to lean over, over 34.5. Would you lay in the game? Seven and a half. Okay. okay. Anything under, if it comes down uh, the single digits, I, I mean, I made it Wisconsin 10. So anything in single digits, I'm on the Wisconsin side here. Uh, one of my favorite games to play every week. Look at Iowa's team total. It's 11, yep. and, a, 11 and a half this week. Oof. Man. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, imagine what no score in the first five minutes is that prop. Okay. Air Force and Wyoming. I like this Air Force team. They could go undefeated. The schedule's a joke. They have a passing attack. I can't believe what they did against San Diego State and dropped 50 on them. Wyoming, what do I do with Wyoming? I mean, they beat Texas Tech at home. Then they get dominated by App State. Had no business winning the game. And then they look like that in drub Fresno. Now they're going on the road and Air Force is laying 10 and a half. I think Air Force is the right side. I have bet Air Force this week. Uh, with that being said, I don't have a good handle on Wyoming this year. They've been, uh, you know, a thorn in my side, to say the least. I have bet on them in certain games, and I've gotten significant COV with them when I bet on them. Doesn't work out for them. When I bet against them, I'm losing. Because statistically, I mean, this says they're, they're a below-average team. But you pop on the game, and if Peasley's playing well at quarterback, they're a pretty decent team if yeah. they have a pass attack. With that being said, Air Force is just absolutely smashed teams uh this year and and boy some of these games are aging well like the the utah state game where they smashed utah state utah state might be better than what we thought mm-hmm. yeah and then obviously embarrassed san jose state in the second half absolutely humiliated san diego state i mean worse than than teams like ucla and boise state did to san diego state so right. i think this is a fresh team off a of bye uh look, can probably smell that unbeaten season because they're going to be favored in every game at least until the finale against the broncos so uh air force for me but Wyoming has played Air Force really well, series history. And I know people are going to say, oh, series history, trends, and whatnot. It's the same two coaches for the last decade. So I do think this is one where you're going to take a little, a little peek at series history. And Wyoming has had success defending the option. Now, this is a locally here speaking, Brad. This is a refreshing story. Barry Odom is doing a hell of a job here with UNLV. They are undefeated ATS. Paulie and I each randomly moved out here around the same time, like 22, 23 years ago. This team's been to two bowl games since. That's it. And one of them was the year that we moved out here, as uh, strange as that might sound. But now now this is a different story here. Rivalry game for the Cannon here. UNLV's been better than Nevada in different years, and it never goes well for them the way it seems in this in this series. And now they got to win by double digits here to cover this number. What do you think of this point spread this week? Yeah, my gut tells me Nevada, just rivalry dog at home, all-out effort. Hell, we even saw it last year. UNLV was laying a big number in this rivalry game. Nevada easily probably should have won the game, to be honest with you, outright. So uh, I'm going to lean with Nevada here. But I got to tell you, I know a lot of people question the the firing of Marcus Arroyo. It's certainly proof is in the pudding so far. They certainly upgraded at head coach. So Mm -hmm. uh, kudos for them for making that kind of decision, saying that they they're a little bit more in on this football program than maybe uh, a lot of people Mm -hmm. anticipated. And so far, so good. I like both young coordinators for UNLV. Oh, this team's legit. I can't believe I've been under six and a half wins. I'm going to lose that. I mean, UNLV is going to win seven or more games this (laughs) year. I'm just not sure that they're going to cover this point spread. I can't believe I'm going to lose that win total. Yeah. I, I know. I hear you. Uh, get his newsletter. Uh, follow him on X, Brad Power 7, bradpowersports.com. you got to be loving this. 50 straight days of college football. Uh, two games tonight and three tomorrow. Uh, Neil Brown, 
on the hot seat off to a good start with West Virginia. They have a solid defense. Mm-hmm. They're 4-1 and one in the big game with Tulane and Memphis. Colorado's also in action. Anything you like, two games today, three to, uh, tomorrow. Uh, SMU I'm in on uh, big time. I think they blow out East Carolina. Uh, I'm in on this West Virginia-Houston side. Numbers matter. I took uh, an early number on Houston and then laid, turned around laid two and a half with West Virginia. Made the number of like three and a half, so anything uh, below four, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly going to lean on the West Virginia side. I'm actually anti-Dion. I think uh, you know seven straight weeks, big, big time games. Maybe it's a little bit of a sleepy spot for them mm-hmm. as a double-digit favorite. Stanford off a bye. Give me the Cardinal. All right. Very good. Are you all are you going to be anti Louisville this week, too, like everybody else? Yeah, yeah. I'm a little afraid because, I mean, Pittsburgh's been horrific. Not much they can hang their hat on. But, man, it's one of the biggest, better spots of the year. Uh, if you're, you're big situationally, I mean, off the big win against Notre Dame. And I don't think Louisville is still that good. And Pittsburgh, different quarterback off a of bye. Narduzzi's track record in these types of games and, and maybe even some bad weather too. Pittsburgh's one of my favorite plays. Okay. Yeah. By the way, when I say everybody else, we've had like three other people on this week. That's it. That's what I meant by everybody else. Not like the entire world is on uh, Pittsburgh this weekend, but uh, Brad, thanks for the time today. Best of luck this week. And we appreciate that. Hey, thanks for having me guys. Take care. Great job. Although Pitt has taken money, obviously. So Thank it's you. It's down to seven and a half in yep. that game. We're down to 14 unbeatens left in college football. And it was a Paul Stone release in August when he was on the show, what we were doing, uh, conference previews every week. When he gave out Air Force over eight and a half, I go, oh, interesting. And then I'm looking at the schedule. I, go, gotta be. I said, how do they not win 10 games? This is the easiest schedule I can remember. Mm-hmm. And now it's, yeah, they should be, could be 11 and 0 going to Boise. And then I think they'll win that game. But it is, with, now that they appear to at least have the uh, option of throwing the ball and what they did against San Diego State, everything you ran down. I mean, this is a, if you had over eight and a half Air Force, what a bet. Let's follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We will preview the Thursday night football game coming up next. Through five games, the Denver Broncos have worse numbers than the 0-16 Lions and the 0-16 Browns. Details on that coming up next. This is Follow the Money on VSIN. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Get a daily email recapping all the best bets from every host and guest. Unlimited access to the VEASAN.com slash picks page. Sort by sport, matchup, date, and more. Check the leaderboard to view betting records, profit, ROI. See who has the hot hand. Pro picks, betting splits, power ratings, dog videos. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. Sign up today. $19 for your first month. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Thursday night football action tonight. The Kansas City Chiefs are hosting the Denver Broncos at Arrowhead Stadium. And uh, KC remains a 10.5 point favorite in this game. Um, it did flash to 11. And uh, the total is 47. Paulie, that touched as high as 52 earlier in the week. But, uh, you know, sharp betters with these weather reports on this stuff early and often, driving it down. And the, the weather tonight that you could have that we're going to get should be the wind. 15 to 25 mile an hour sustained winds, the way it sounds. Um, so that could have an impact, obviously. That should have an impact on the passing game overall. And Denver's numbers, which I'll run down here momentarily, are just, like, as of this point, historically bad. When you can go back and compare them to some of the worst defenses ever, they're actually, their numbers are worse than them. So, yep. but the, here's the thing. As bad as it's been, and the Broncos were not good last year, they play the Chiefs tough both times. They also did the final game yes. that they met yes. uh, the previous season. Yeah. The previous season, that game was in week 18. It was 21-20 Denver late in the game, and they had first and goal. They fumbled, and it was a scoop and score the other way, yep. and the Chiefs hung on to get the win in that one. And then last year in Denver, 34-28 Chiefs. They led 27 rip. Mahomes threw three interceptions. Judy had three touchdowns, the 27-0 lead evaporated, and they almost lost the game. And then last year, Week 17, they won at home by three. Denver had the ball late with a chance to win. So they beat them 15 in a row. 11 of those are Mahomes, who was 27-3 career against the division. And the Chiefs have won 17 of 19 overall. I don't know what to do with props. Kelsey, 66 and a half at DraftKings. Taylor Swift's going to be there, but... 
last week, 10 different Chiefs caught a pass. Four of the five games that's occurred as well. And he mixed it up in the one game. It was nine against Detroit. So everyone's getting involved in this offense with Mahomes uh, throwing the ball. I wonder if that prop is actually out there anywhere. You know, that's a, that's a very popular Super Bowl prop bet. That's right. How many Chiefs players will have a reception? If that's up there tonight, they probably got to make it, what, eight and a half then? Yeah. Look at this. Sky Moore, 24. Rice, 29. Kelsey, 66. Scantling, 18. Tony, 30. Watson, 22. I mean, and then, you know, Pacheco will catch something. McKinnon, I mean, it's, yeah, for it's sure. a mess. Yep. Here's what running backs have done so far against Denver on the season. Jacobs basically did nothing for the Raiders in week one. Had 19 for 48. Week two, that big comeback from the uh, Commanders, while Sam Howell was very good, as was running back Brian Robinson, he had 18 carries, 87 yards, two touchdowns. Week three is where it went completely off the rails for the Broncos. A-Chan had 18 for 203, two scores. Mostert, 13 for 82, uh, three scores. And backup, backup, backup running back, Chris Brooks had nine for 66. (laughs) Herbert had 18 for 103 in week four. And then Brees Hall looked like one of the best players in football last year, which he actually can be when he's healthy, 22 for a buck 77 and a touchdown. Hence Pacheco's numbers tonight. I mean, 74 and a half rushing. When is there Isaiah Pacheco ever 74 and a half rushing yards? Yep. But, and he's also juiced to the gills to score a touchdown and to, to be the first touchdown scorer of the game tonight. Yeah, I mean, you just can't, you can't really do it justice how bad the defense has been. And I mean, the worst uh, all-time DVOA first five games the passer rating allowed is the high, fifth highest ever. The completion percentage at 77% is the highest ever. It's the second most points allowed through five games. But that what you just ran down, it would just seem Pacheco over would be a safe bet too. Most receiving yards in the game. Kelsey's the favorite at plus 120. Then Judy, Sutton's plus 330. Then you're getting into Tony Rice, Sky Moore range. Uh, so that maybe you get a long shot ticket that cashes on that one too but something we we that's available that we don't discuss a lot is the race to 30 yards was it robinson with the giants a couple weeks ago and like a 30 to 1 ticket cash i think I it was the so. monday night game that could be juicy here because mahomes throws to so many guys that the race to 30 you could cash a big ticket in this game tonight okay so over i will expand a little bit here on the denver defense to try okay. to put it in perspective paul i don't even know if i can but here, here's what i'm going to give you the opponent's yards per play on the season. This is what Denver allows every single game so far on average per play. Seven yards per play. This is not college football. This is the NFL. I went back and looked all the way to 2003. The 07, uh, I'm sorry, the 2017 Cleveland Browns were winless. They were not close to this bad. The 2016 Cleveland Browns were 1-15. They allowed 5.9 yards per play. They weren't even the worst in football. The 2008 0-16 Lions allowed 6.4 yards per play. Again, the Broncos, 7 yards per play. How about passing yards per attempt? This year, two teams are tied for 29th. Chargers and Giants allow 7.6 yards per attempt. 31st, the Bears, 8 yards per attempt. Denver, 8.5. The worst teams going back to 2003, the 2015 Saints allowed 8.4 and the winless Lions in 2008 also allowed 8.4 yards per attempt. This team's worse than, so it doesn't matter. Yards per play, passing yards per attempt. This team stacks up and ranks, rakes actually worse than those teams. It's five games, I get it. It'll probably correct itself a little bit by the end of the season. And Sean Payne came out this week and he was asked like, well, what, you know, what do you need to fix first and foremost? He said the rush defense. Now, he can say that. It's very easy to say. How easy is it to fix it when you have only a couple of days to prepare and you're coming off of a Sunday game where you got gashed, now you're playing on the road for Thursday night? Yeah. Well, Denver moved the ball. Kansas City's defense, very good. Very good. Yep. I do think, well, what's the game flow going to be, right? Are the Chiefs going to get out to a big lead? You love betting the largest lead prop. Yeah. Right? If you're going to be under that, then maybe not. But if you go, oh, if you think they get out to a huge lead... Then it's going to turn into Russell Wilson, and this happens in almost every Broncos game. Forget the running game. We're going to start throwing the football around. I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about the spot. I, I hate that they do this, but this is you, this, the scenario where you play each other twice in three weeks. Nah, I'm not a fan. So it's not a, a short fan. week coming off back-to-back road games. Everyone was watching and talking about the Sunday night game against the Jets. You go into Minnesota and win. 
you take on a team you've owned. Everyone knows about it, 15 in a row. And they don't have the same goal as, as we do with covering a point spread. They just want to win and get out of there. And guess who comes to town next week? They host the Chargers. So the, the last three games have been close. I don't think it's a layup tonight with the big point spread. So based on what's coming up here, and if they win these next three games, you can pretty much put the baby to bed, the division's over, because mm-hmm. that would be sweeps over Denver, and you start with the home win against the Chargers, and rest assured, losses are coming for that team. But you look at the schedule, it's like, it's how you drew it up, right? Well, we don't, we have, we're not going to have Jones in that game, but we didn't know it at the time, but it looks like 7-8-1, like and one, you're going to Germany against Miami. That's what it should be, yeah. right? And then get ready for then some tough games coming up, but they should sweep the Raiders too. How about some uh, touchdown props for tonight? When I'm looking at the Broncos so far, uh, breaking down which receivers get the most targets for this team in the red zone, Cortland Sutton has seven targets so far in the red zone, five catches, three touchdowns overall. He's as high as 3-1 to one to score a touchdown tonight. Uh, Brandon Johnson has four targets inside the red zone, three catches, two touchdowns. And Jerry Judy only has two targets inside the red zone, has not scored on any of those so far on the year. And then when you look at the Chiefs again from a rushing attack, this is why, I mean, the numbers are what they are. I mean, Pacheco again at DraftKings plus 425, first touchdown, minus 160 anytime. I can't bet either one of those numbers, but Pacheco... Of the running backs to get touches inside the red zone, Pacheco has 17 rush attempts so far, 51 yards, two touchdowns. Other running backs combined, two carries inside the red zone. So he gets almost all of the work when they're ready to score. From a receiving standpoint, McKinnon comes in. He has uh, two targets, two catches, and two touchdowns inside the red zone. And by the way, Jarek McKinnon, in his career, uh, five touchdowns against Denver. He's All right. Around he's not quite four to one, but he's in that neighborhood to score mm-hmm. a touchdown tonight in the okay. game. Yep. So doesn't Mahomes go over twenty rushing yards? Come on, we live and breathe. He could get that on one one scramble. Yeah, it seems like he it's like That's too low. It's like Mahomes can take off for a seventeen yard yeah. scramble every, every game. And then oh now he needs like one more carry. I mean, go back to the Jets game. Third and eighteen. Oh, I'll take off and a run. Uh, that, that's Third exactly right. I mean, that thing can happen. Twenty and a half. Yeah. I'd, I'd like that. Uh, I will not be involved in the point spread either way, yeah. but I like some of these props uh, for tonight's games, uh, tonight's feel, game, including the touchdown props. Yeah, feels the pressure. He talked about dollar sixty to Kelsey anytime touchdown. She's going to be there. Everyone's got to eat. Everyone's got to be happy. So, two? Uh, give me two. You talk two about that. I bet that. Uh, All right, let's follow the money here on Vsin, the Sports Betting Network. We do have updated. Numbers now in Major League Baseball. We have a series price? We do. All right. We'll tell you what it is coming up here on Follow the Money Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. And it has amazing guests such as Alex Hermosi, Layla Hermosi, Cody Sanchez. We pull in these amazing interviews with other people that are not only great marketers, but actual operators. And the icing on the cake is Neil and myself were also operators as well. So we share learnings from the trenches. We share secrets that we otherwise wouldn't be sharing with other people. And we also share other advantages that will help you get ahead of your competition. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Don't forget DraftKings Sportsbook this season. New customers can bet $5 and pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. All customers get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app. Use promo code FOLLOW. When you sign up, code FOLLOW. DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Yeah. Chaos in Major League Baseball playoffs again yesterday. Dodgers go down. They get swept. Boy, I mean, you thought it was bad with the Orioles. Is it worse because it happens every year to the Dodgers? Yes. Okay, but that's yeah. the only reason why it's worse, right? Yeah. You take out the COVID pandemic year, it's four years in a row now. I mean, you can't even get to the World Series. You win 100 games. It, it, you can't it, even win this. They can't even yeah, get to the NLCS yeah. at this point. Yes. 106 wins two of those years as well. Are they going to go all in on, on Otani? I would. I think, that, I think it'll work out that way. But they also had, they had horrible luck, as we talked about near the top of the show. You know, Urias acting a fool and getting kicked off the team. Uh, well, that's my question because Otani can't pitch next year. Yeah. So they need help with the pitching staff. Absolutely. Maybe first and foremost. I tell, I tell Kershaw to kick rocks. Get no, out. I, I would not. No? You can't. No, he's a life. You gotta, he's got to retire in a Dodger uniform. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. He was good in the regular season. You don't, have to, you don't have to play that card. I mean, you can just certainly say it's been great, but... Go to Texas and finish out your career there with the Rangers. Um, I wanted them to win last night so Kershaw would get one more game. I wanted to do it. I yep. wanted to go against what everybody was going to say. I wanted to go Kershaw on a same game parlay over outs, over strikeouts, huh? under earned runs, the whole thing. Yeah. Well, it certainly we knew the starting pitching was a big question mark. Uh, to think it'd be that bad, no. But they couldn't do anything offensively. And Freeman and Betts combined for one hit in the series. Think about that. Yeah. I mean, Mookie's MVP discussion, he's on like a 3-for-35, 3-for-37 run in the playoffs. You get Walker Bueller back. You get Dustin May back, I believe. Uh, how long that? He'll be out. You get Gonsolin back. But it doesn't matter, though. I haven't, can't trust anybody yeah. when it comes uh, October time. And then here's Arizona, four wins away from the World Series. They won 84 games. Nine-game losing streak. They were under 500 in August. Yeah. Would you rather spend, let's say it's going to take $400 million to get Otani. Would you rather spend that much money on him when he can't pitch next year, only to be a bad in that lineup? Or would you rather spend $180 I'm just throwing a number out there. $150, $180 million on Blake Snell. I'd go Otani. You won't be surprised if Snell is, turns back into a, you know. Uh, this is going to so, be second Cy Young that he won, though. Yeah. And, and by the way, he's one free agent. There are other free agents yeah. who are going to be available. Well, the other thing is, what do the Yankees do? Is it all just talk with Steinbrenner? Or are they going to make big changes? I mean, they're all over Cashman again, and rightfully so. This uh, tweet, this quote is making the rounds about, nah, we didn't have any interest in Harper. We didn't feel like we needed them. We like what we have. That's nah. a quote from Cashman. Yeah, that's what I don't think. Okay. Like, what so. are they going to do? They might add one guy in what? the offseason, but are they going to break the bank? Yeah. Doesn't feel like they really are. I mean. Well, they look at Atlanta. I mean, you, you, what you did last year, 
You lost it to the Phillies, and now you win 104 games, and you're facing elimination today? Okay, so, by the way, what do you want to do with this prop? Spencer Strider's K prop tonight is 8.5. Is he going to be in the game long enough to record 9? Now, it's juiced big time to the under. I'm seeing as high as almost 160. Yeah, I trust under. him. I trust him. To get nine strikeouts he, he, he tonight? Pitched well. He pitched well in game one. He just made one mistake. It's the other. The comeback is, what do you do with Suarez? So, I mean, he was out. They had the hook early for him in game one. And then the bullpen shut him down. The Braves team total is four and a half. The Phillies team total is three and a half. Mm. If this was uh, respectable juice right now, I'd go under. I'd do the opposite here. I'd go under eight and a half strikeouts. We're talking optimum circumstances here tonight where he just goes there and completely shuts down the Phillies and he K's everybody, which, I mean, the gonna guy's phenomenal. He's going to have to. But, but this, that, everyone talks about what it means in football to the point spread. What is this home field advantage worth to the Phillies? Same thing happened last year. They get the early game in Atlanta. They come home. Hoskins throwing the bat down. It's up for grabs. They're hitting home runs. They blow them out. Yeah. And the same thing happens yesterday, right? Elder didn't stand a chance. And then just Ben Harper goes deep twice. Castellanos deep. They score 10 runs. No problem. I think I'm with you. The price is outrageous for Strider to be laying $1.55. But it goes back to power rating and what we saw over 162 games. My comeback is throw it out. They're the only team with the top five record that's won a game in this postseason. It's 1-12, and and we know they were lucky to beat Wheeler. So from a series price standpoint, it's minus 250 at DraftKings. I like if they get this one tonight, I come back with Wheeler in game five. I think Wheeler's going to beat Max Fried in game five. So do I. He just had a bad inning, but he was filthy the first six innings and had the no-no going. How do you not love his form right now? Great form. I, I would take him over any pitcher in baseball at this point in the postseason, Zach Wheeler. By the way, Ranger Suarez, his K-prop tonight, three and a half. And that's under is $1.35 range, maybe a little bit higher than that. All right, it's a Joe Ryan part two. At the earliest sign of trouble, he's out of there. Could be. Will he be around long enough? Could I, be. I think Strider will be, and I think he'll come up with a big performance to save the season, at least put him in a good position. But you don't know what's going to happen with this Atlanta offense. And what, what can they do? I mean, they were just, they were so ridiculous this season. And what they did in the first inning, they would jump on you from the get-go. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the season, Olsen have, had an Acuna and Riley. So we haven't seen it well, thus far. That, Nola was great. He surprised me yesterday. Doesn't it seem unlikely that Suarez is going to be able to do this back-to-back games? And then if it does turn into a bullpen game, like the bullpen's going to limit this team as well? Doesn't that feel like it's... It's going to have to turn to, for the Braves on most. I'm not talking about the do theory. I'm just talking about how there's going to be some regression here. It's not all hands on deck tonight for Philly, right? No, it shouldn't be. No. No. But I don't know how he's going to, how he's going to manage it. Um, the series price is out. It opened $1.30. It's up to one forty. Houston opens up game one at home against Texas Sunday. It's a 2-3-2 two, two format. Okay. Uh, so... Betters coming in right away saying that $1.30 was too short on the Astros, where, by the way, reminder, again, they're not great at home. Not great, but the losing record, uh, not right. great. They're, they're much better on the road. Yeah. And we saw what happened in this, <laughs> with the series against the Twins. Uh-huh. Swept the Twins on the road, gave one of those games uh, to them when Valdez took them, took them out. So this is going to be Verlander going in game one. Who's going for the Rangers? I, would, I, I, I think it'd be Montgomery. I wouldn't throw Haney, although it doesn't make any sense. He was great beating Castillo in that Saturday afternoon game that they had to have and then uh, was solid in game one. So I would throw Montgomery. But then when does Scherzer come back? And, and I guess you could uh, – you couldn't you wouldn't go Evaldi. I'd go, I'd go Montgomery-Evaldi. Uh, but I don't think with the sticks that they have that it'll go well for Montgomery and Haney if they decide to do that. But this is an incredible story as well. Your big acquisition was DeGrom. Hurt. Misses much of the year. You acquire Scherzer. Gets hurt. And then here they are. They're 5-0 in the playoffs and have ripped right through the uh, first two series. Right. and beat a team that won 99 games and another team that won 101. Tell you what, I'm going to like the Rangers a lot against Valdez. Okay, that's that, fine. That, that okay, offense but is going to go off against him. I believe in Javier, though. This is three well, straight starts where he's been. Now. Yeah. And, and like, he, like he did not have a great season. I had some future bets on him to begin the year, like most wins. Uh, on the year, never even came close, was never even in the conversation. Uh, did not have a great regular season, but down the stretch, he was actually pretty good. And then the postseason, you can't really debate with well, uh, what, you know, what the guy's been. Well, here it is. You might be quick to dismiss it, but the, the Rod Stewart song, Some Guys Have All the Luck and Get All the Breaks. 
I mean, this Mattress Max story, is he going to win $60 million again? I mean, that's what he stands to win again with this hedge and with the furniture stuff. And he won $60 million last year on futures. And it just, are they going to do it again and get past Texas? I mean, it just it doesn't matter. I mean, how bad they played. They got swept by Kansas City at home. Yeah. They couldn't I, They couldn't take two out of three from the A's. That's, Still somehow won the division. And here they are for the seventh year in you a row. Can't, I mean, Paul, I mean, it, baseball doesn't make any sense beginning on September 1st. My advice to you is. You can you can wait and see what happens in this series, but I would take the Phillies to win the World Series. Or you can just wait and see if Atlanta comes back, because I think oh. whoever wins this series wins the World Series. But I mean, it's just that doesn't matter who's out there from a pitching standpoint, who gets hurt, whatever. It's just it's Houston every year. Yeah, I did. Uh, there's a you can buy tickets on a site called PropSwap. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We've known those guys for a long, long time. Great dudes. I bought a couple of tickets on the Phillies months ago on Prop Swap. Good for you. I have 25 to 1. Do you have the same? I have to go back and look at the, right. at the app. But I yeah. bought them when they were... This, here's the beauty. That's, you can find much better numbers a lot of times on Prop Swap than you can find at books. And I found some good numbers on the Phillies. I'm like, I, that, okay, I'm yeah. in. I was like everyone else. Everyone was outraged at the, the blackjack draft. How did the Phillies not go? I agree with you. Yeah. I was going to take them. But I already had the brace for 50000 So I didn't want to take... Teams that were going to play each other, but it's—I think it's a damn good series. Does does the winner? It could be high scoring. Texas can yep. hit. I'm worried about the starting pitching. Oh, they like but I Texas just said, can rake. I I can't wait to see the numbers against Valdez. Cannot wait. Yeah. Mike Palm, VP Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, going to join the show up next. We will talk baseball with him. We'll revisit our draft that we had here, and also. Get into Survivor for this week. Are the Rams a little too risky? We'll ask the Maestro next. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.